Hello and welcome. You found the Social Work Podcast. My name is Jonathan Singer, and I'll be your host as we explore all things social work. Today's podcast is a bit of a departure from the norm because instead of having a podcast about social work, today's social work podcast is about the social work podcast. And who is our esteemed guest? None other than yours truly. No, I'm not interviewing myself. That would be extreme. Jennifer Luna Ijunate out of UT Austin's School of Social Work is interviewing me. I was contacted by Laura Wells, also from the School of Social Work at UT Austin, who asked if they could do a, a feature on me um, as one of their alumni who has done something interesting, I guess. And so I said, sure, why not? So instead of doing a traditional newspaper article, we decided to do a podcast. So the questions that uh uh, Jennifer's asking. They were recorded in Austin, Texas, and I answered them here in Pittsburgh, harnessing the full power of the podcast and internet technology. Jennifer asked me about my goals for the podcast, how it got it started, what I was hoping for it in the future, what I was surprised it had achieved. And I thought that since this is our one year anniversary week, February 18th, 2007 was when I started keeping stats on this thing. Um, that it would be an appropriate podcast to post. So even though it's not about social work, it is about the social work podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jonathan. This is Jennifer Luna Idunate, um, the Director of Alumni Relations for the UT School of Social Work. And first of all, I just wanted to thank you so much for um, letting us do this interview with you. Well, thank you. I am really excited to be here and to be talking with you about the podcast. It's nice to be on the other side of the table for these interviews. What prompted you to start this podcast? You know, the the original idea was to record my lectures so that my students could review them. I was doing prep work for an intro to practice theories class that I was teaching at the University of Pittsburgh, and I thought that my students would probably benefit from being able to review the material that I was talking about that was specifically related to how theory integrated with social work uh, in addition to being able to read their textbook, which was a great text, but it wasn't written by a social worker. As I thought about my lectures and I realized how I was going to do them, it dawned on me that they would be very bad recordings because I was going to have interactive lectures where I asked folks what they remembered from the readings and and what sort of ideas were coming to them. And it was really going to be a back and forth. And that's that's not a fun recording to listen to. So I decided to record summaries of my lectures and record them in a way that students could listen to and, and sort of get a, a, a nutshell um, uh, view of this topic. And as I started to do the recordings... I just had a brainstorm one day. I wondered if the if the domain name socialworkpodcast.com was actually available. And it was. And so I I registered it and I found some server space and I started uploading them. And so that's that's really the genesis of the Social Work Podcast as a website and as a concept. 
and how did you learn to set it up? I was able to draw on a bunch of non-social work related skills that I developed in my past in order to set up the podcast. Uh, Back in the early 90s or mid 90s, I had uh, learned how to do web design and become familiar with a bunch of web technologies. In fact, I got my start at the University of Texas at Austin when I was a grad student in the MSW program in the mid-90s. And so I was familiar with how to design websites, with what uh, some of the possibilities were for how to upload information and and download and and, and what folks needed to have um, in order for a website to actually be functional. And so... uh, as, as far as getting the website goes, I was able to, to set that up fairly easily using Blogger. I just had to redirect the domain name to um, the, the Blogger website, and that's why it says socialworkpodcast.com when you, when you go to it instead of Blogger. Now, in terms of the, the other aspects, the actual technical recording aspects, I, I was very lucky to be at the University of Pittsburgh where they have fabulous... Uh, resources for faculty. They have a place called the Faculty Instructional Development Lab, which we affectionately refer to as FIDDLE. And in the FIDDLE, they have audiovisual technology, they've got document scanners, they've got all sorts of great uh, things that, that faculty can use to enhance their teaching. And one of those is a soundproof audio booth. And I was familiar with this audio booth, and when I decided that I was going to record these summaries for my students, I came down to the audio booth and I said, hey, you know, can I use the audio booth and and record? And they were very excited because podcasting is something that is, is really sort of hip these days in education, and they were very excited to have somebody who was interested in using it for educational purposes. So they set me up in the audio booth. And then I was able to draw on some of the skills that I had developed as a DJ back in college in the late 80s, early 90s, when I uh, had a, a jazz show at Earlham College on uh, 90.5 WECI. And I, I, was, I knew about not popping my P's or hissing my S's, and so I was able to speak correctly into the microphone. Also, I'm a a jazz musician, and I've spent a lot of time in recording studios and producing albums and working with technicians, so I knew once I actually had the audio file in a a raw format, I knew what to do with it to make it sound good. I knew that uh, by adding some compression and normalizing the waveform and then converting it to MP3 format, I would get a really nice product. What kinds of topics would viewers find on this site? And how do you choose them? And how do you select uh, your interviewers? Visitors to the podcast will find topics on practice theory, um, issues related to addictions work. There's some stuff uh, for administrators and researchers, such as grant writing. There are 33 topics or episodes that are on the podcast right now. But here's the exciting thing. The, the number of topics is unlimited. Social workers do so many different things, and there's so much information out there that would be useful for social workers that I, I haven't had time to get to maybe, you know, one one-thousandth of all the things that are out there. For example, I haven't addressed community organizing. 
I haven't talked about um, administrative issues. Uh, there's a bunch of clinical issues that I haven't talked about. And, you know, folks, listeners to the podcast have, have made great suggestions, and I just haven't had time to get to them. So far, I've picked my topics based on areas that I have some expertise in or areas that other people that I know have expertise in. I also get suggestions, like I said, from listeners to the podcast. Um, For example, there was a social worker in Canada, Zena, who asked me about internet addiction and sex addiction. Now, I'm not an addictions expert, but I had recently interviewed Jody Bechtold on gambling addiction, and I asked her if she knew anyone who was a sex addiction expert. Well, as it turns out, um, she knew somebody who was a student of Patrick Carnes, who's probably the preeminent sex edition expert. And uh, this this person lived in Pittsburgh. And so I interviewed her for the podcast. And so that's how we got a podcast uh, uh, with Chris Wolf on sex addiction. Um, so, and, and you asked about uh, how I select my interviewees. I select my interviewees based on... Um, on both convenience and their area of expertise. I'm, I'm here in Pittsburgh right now, and there are a lot of experts in the School of Social Work, and I really do try my hardest to make sure that the folks who are on the podcast are, in fact, social workers so that they can talk from a social work perspective to social workers. Um, take, for example, one of the experts that I've had on this show, Ed Seitz, who's a professor emeritus of the School of Social Work. Um, over the course of his career, he has been awarded close to half a billion dollars in grant money. And, you know, what better person to do a podcast on grant writing than Ed? So he was available locally, and he's an expert. And so he did a wonderful two-part series on grant writing for the for the podcast. Now, I've also spoken with colleagues at conferences that I've attended uh, who are very interested in doing podcasts, and I will probably be doing uh, a number of those in the near future. And with the technology of being able to do remote interviews using Skype, um, it's, it's a real possibility. It really expands the amount of expertise that I have access to from geographically delimited to just limited by who's willing and interested to, to be on the podcast. Why is this podcast important to the social work community? You know, that's a great question. And I suspect there are probably some people who think that podcasting is just another technology fad that will come and go. But I I really think that podcasts have been adopted by the public and the academic community as an invaluable resource And they've adopted podcasts an incredibly short period of time. You know, the term podcast didn't even come into uh, use until, I think it was February 12th, 2004. It was in a Guardian article. Uh, And so even though there's been downloadable audio and video on the Internet for a decade now, really this idea of having something that you can subscribe to that gets delivered straight to your computer is something that is new, relatively new, in the last couple of years. Um, And I I, I think that one of the reasons why podcasting has been so widely and rapidly adopted is that it, it, it plays into one of America's core values, which is what I want, when I want it. And we can debate the virtues of such a value, but... You know, to answer your question, um, I think that podcasting is is important for the social work community on a number of different levels. 
First, the podcast is a resource for social workers, social workers in the field, in supervisory positions, social work educators, researchers, and even policymakers. Now, this podcast provides easy access to professional quality information on topics that social workers need to know about. The podcasts are convenient. They're available on demand 24-7, 365. And you can listen to them any way you want. So if you want to listen to them on your MP3 player, you can download them. If you want to listen to them on your computer, you can do that too. You can even download them and burn them onto a CD player, pop them in your car, and then listen to them on your drive to work. Um, you know, and, and, and this speaks to another value of the so of the podcast for the community and that's that the the podcast is free unlike unlike most of the uh, audiovisual materials that are available to social workers podcasts don't cost anything uh of course i have to pay for server space and there's certainly a huge amount of um, financial support that the university of pittsburgh is providing to get the high quality podcasts but Technology makes creating podcasts relatively cheap and inexpensive. Um, I guess that's a little bit redundant. Uh, But makes it very possible for nearly anybody to do as long as you have the right material, the right equipment. Um, So... So anyway, but for you guys, for the for the listeners, the podcasts are free, and a lot of the audiovisual materials that are available are not free. You know, you can listen to public radio for free, but if you want materials that have been developed specifically for social workers, you have to pay for them. And some of these materials that I'm familiar with cost hundreds of dollars for a 30-minute audio or video product, and some of them aren't that, that good, you know, um... So another limitation of existing resources for social workers is that there are copyright restrictions. For example, if I buy a CD or video, I can legally use it for my classes, I can play a meditation for my clients, but I can't make copies for my students or my clients to take home and use. What I've done is I've made sure that podcasts are free for use by anyone, anywhere. And the way that I've done that is that I've set up the podcast so that it has what they call a Creative Commons license. Now, what this means is that anyone can legally use these podcasts, can distribute them, assign them to students or clients, listen to them as often as they want in any way they want. They can, like I said, burn them to CD and include them in a gift basket as long as they don't modify the podcasts, they don't make a profit from them, or claim authorship. And specifically, they have to attribute authorship to me and my guests. And that's the Creative Commons license. It really opens up the possibilities for these podcasts and addresses one of the concerns about social workers is that we work with folks who are traditionally uh, economically disadvantaged. And as a result, many of us don't make a lot of money. And so we can't afford a lot of the resources that are um, fee-based that are so common in, say, the medical profession uh, with continuing education cassettes and things like that. Well... I guess finally, I think that the Social Work Podcast is important because it creates an archive of social work-specific knowledge. Many of the resources uh, resources that social workers use were created by other disciplines, such as psychology, psychiatry, public health, economics, etc. And it's great to have those resources, and, and certainly we're interdisciplinary. But with technology as cheap and as easy to use as it is, there's no excuse not to develop resources by social workers for social workers. And 
anybody else who wants to use our materials for that matter. You know, I think that the the podcast uh, lets other professionals know that social work is on top of the technology game. It, it makes us look good. And the more quality information we have on the podcast, the more other professions will be using our information as a resource. How can others contribute? That's a great question. Uh, there are a couple ways to contribute. The first is to contact me at jonathan at socialworkpodcast.com or call me at 512-585-4226. That's my cell. And talk to me about a topic that you're interested in that you think social workers would need to know about. Specifically, uh, if you are if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, wow, you know, I'm an expert on X, Y, and Z, and I would really love to be interviewed for the podcast Give me a call or send me an email. I would love to be able to set that up. Another option, and this is something that I've been wanting to do but I haven't, I haven't done, I really think it would be great to harness the power, really, of social work students. You know, we, we assign social work students um, a lot of work, and they spend a lot of time getting products together and writing papers. And they come up with some really great information. They, they, they bring together bits of the literature and 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 thoughts on how to help clients that are really fabulous and unfortunately most of those papers end up just either going into the trash or at best just being read by themselves and the instructor what i think would be a fabulous contribution to the social work podcast is for instructors to assign students to write papers that could be turned into podcasts on topics that would be really useful to clients, almost like five-minute public service announcements. I know that when I was getting my MSWUT, I wrote a paper on culturally competent practice with Mexican-American families. Well, if part of my assignment was to distill the information that I gathered for that paper and write a five-minute audio program that I was going to record and that would be available on the internet, I probably would have thought a little differently about how I did it and and really what the value of my work was. So that's that's a possible assignment and if there's there's anybody out here who's who's listening to this and is an instructor that would like to talk more about how to arrange that assignment and what the next steps are. Again, just contact me at Jonathan at socialworkpodcast.com or call me at 512-585-4226. What are your goals for other podcasts? My goal is to have a podcast on every single possible topic that would be of interest to social workers. I have this imaginary number of a thousand podcasts in my head, although I'm sure there are more than a thousand topics that social workers would be interested in hearing about. I uh, another one of my goal is really to have resources for folks who are living in uh, rural areas or areas with uh, limited expertise to have access to information that will help them to serve their clients better. Uh, and and whether that be researchers who are developing uh, new knowledge that will help clinicians help clients or policymakers who are making policy that will ultimately affect both the uh, clinicians, the researchers, and the clients, um, and anyone in between. I, I my, my goal is for these podcasts to be a resource for social workers of, of all types. And how far is your reach? Um, hits per day, or how do you quantify um, what your reach will be? 
You know, I found the response to the Social Work podcast to be absolutely amazing. I, I started using um, Google's free web metrics program, um, Google Analytics, to keep stats back in February of 2007, soon after I started the podcast. I, I did that because I was having um, some problems with the uh, web metrics program Webalizer on my server. And... Uh, and it and it looked like nobody was coming to the to the site, which I knew wasn't true, um, because I was going to the site, and uh, some of the folks that I told about were going to the site. So, anyway, so I set up uh, Google Analytics, and in about a year, without advertising, the Social Work Podcast has had almost thirteen thousand visitors, and of those, ten thousand are unique meaning they're counted only once. So if I go 100 times, I'm still only counted once. Um, and, and, and of those 13,000 visitors, they viewed 25,000 pages and downloaded over 250 gigabytes of podcasts. The most popular podcasts are appear to be on cognitive behavioral therapy, developing treatment plans, person-centered therapy, and the DSM for social workers. Now, one of the coolest things about Google Analytics is that it tracks where visitors come from. And it seems like the Social Work podcast attracts people from all over the world, all 50 states in the District of Columbia, certainly, but uh, also 113 additional countries and territories. Not surprisingly, the most number of visitors have come from English-speaking countries, but there have also been visitors from Israel, Germany, Malaysia, Iran, Pakistan, Finland, etc. And for me, you know, because the podcast is accessed internationally, it really makes me think more about how I'm contextualizing the podcast. I'm more aware of how some topics might be very different in different parts of the country and different parts of the world. So perhaps one day we'll have comparative podcasts. For example, social workers in New Zealand, Canada, Great Britain, and the USA could get together and talk about what's similar and different with case management and service coordination. For example. What do you currently study? I'm, I'm currently a doctoral student at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm finishing up my Ph.D., and really my areas of interest have to do with using technology in social work education, um, developing interventions for families where there's a child who's suicidal. I have a related interest in how students learn suicide assessment and crisis intervention, and I'm particularly interested in developing uh, excellent trainings around those areas. My, my dissertation is actually uh, a qualitative analysis of interviews that were taken with moms with mental illness who brought their kids in for mental health services. And I'm looking at uh, what some of the issues were around access to care, barriers, facilitators, and things like that. So I'm not done with the analyses yet. I'll, 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 I'll let you know what I find when I'm done. Who do you target for your audience? Um, who do you think would find your podcast most useful? Generally, I, I target social workers. I think that students will probably find the podcast most useful uh, simply because they tend to be more general um, in, in, in coverage. If you're, if you're a researcher, an academic, then you have an area of expertise, the depth of understanding, because you spent a gazillion hours reading up stuff. And, and so my podcast might not be as useful or interesting um, unless you're looking for something uh, perhaps to critique. The um, 
the other target audience, of course, is is educators who are looking for things to um, give to their students that that might bring to life some topics. One of the areas or or constituents or groups of people that I've been most surprised by that have contacted me about the podcasts, although it's not surprising when I think about it, is folks who are studying for their licensure exam. I've had a number of folks write me and say that they um, they really use the social work podcasts, particularly the ones covering theory, in preparation for their licensure exam and that they thought that they did much better um, on their licensure exam as a result of listening to the podcast. So, again, uh, social work students, educators, clinicians in the field uh, who are interested in getting these general overviews of information that is provided on the podcast. What did you find during this experience that you didn't expect? I I didn't really expect so many people to be as excited or interested in the podcast as they are. I also didn't think about the fact that it was going to be wonderful to have so many of my interests be able to come together. My interest in social work, my interest in technology, in web design, um, all of those things have come together and it's been fabulous. And I think, you know, maybe on a, on a, on a broader level, uh, one of the things that I didn't expect was how the process of developing podcasts and thinking about podcasts has improved my public speaking. I do fewer ahs and ums, although I still do them. So it's improved my public speaking, and I think it's made me a better teacher because I'm more focused in my lectures, and I have a better idea of what it is that I'm going for when I actually start a lecture. What's my goal for learning? What do I want my students to get out of it? Rather than just sharing a bunch of random information that somebody somewhere thought was interesting. Okay, and finally, um, are there any other interesting thoughts that you'd want our listeners to know? I guess a final thought would be to have social workers think about what they want technology to do for them. How can we use technology to make our jobs easier, to improve the quality of services that we provide to our clients? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times social workers are forced to use technology, uh, computer programs or you know, electronic medical records or things like that, that were not designed by social workers and therefore make make our jobs more difficult. Uh, likewise, in academia, I think people use programs like Blackboard or Moodle or other um, uh, Internet technologies for teaching and they're cumbersome, and they take a lot of time, and that, uh, you know, that social workers, instead of thinking about what applications they would most like to use, they are handed applications and said, here, use these. I think that the more we think about this, the better we'll be able to do our jobs. And as, as kids grow up texting each other and using MySpace and really being involved with computer technology in ways that uh, um, older generations never were, I think that we're really going to miss out on some opportunities to connect with clients and to really uh, avail ourselves of technology that will help us connect with them and, and, um, and help them. So this is what I call Social Work 2.0, uh, drawing from the concept of Web 2.0, where increased social networking and interaction has turned the Internet from being a series of static web pages to uh, more of an interactive experience. And, and I really see social work 
as having the potential of creating um, uses for technologies that that take us into the next uh, the next era of social service delivery. So that's that's my little soapbox of technology and social work, and I hope that the Social Work Podcast is a, a positive use of technology for folks who, who listen to it and uh, for folks who, who use it. And Jennifer, even this interview, I think, is a great example of uh, a, a good use of technology. You're in Austin, Texas. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and yet you're interviewing me. And we're having a conversation. I think that's fabulous. I think that's a connection. And I think that's possible because of technology and because of the way that we thought about using technology. Thank you, Jonathan. This was really interesting. And um, just keep us posted on how the podcast is going. Well, thank you, Jennifer, and I absolutely will keep you up to date with the podcast. And also thanks to Laura Wells and John Trapp for their technical assistance with getting this podcast going today. Um, It's our one-year anniversary, and I'm very excited to have been on this side of the couch. So thank you. I'm Jonathan Singer, and thanks for being with me today for another episode of the Social Work Podcast. If you missed an episode or have suggestions for future episodes, please visit socialworkpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our online store at cafepress.com slash swpodcast. To all the social workers out there, keep up the good work. We'll see you next time at the Social Work Podcast.